2008 World Champions of Baseball. The Philadelphia Eagles are Super Bowl champions. Eagles fans everywhere, this is for you. Now entering the game for Philly Press Box Radio, Bill Furman and Jim Chesco. It's Wednesday, January 18th, 2023. Welcome to the Philly Press Box Radio Roundtable brought to you by the Irish Rover Station House in Langhorne, PA. Allstate Insurance in Westchester, PA, and the Edge of Philly Sports Network. I'm Bill Furman. I'll be your host tonight along with my partner, Jim Chet Jesko. Hey, Chet. Ah, it's time. The Giants are coming to town to face the Eagles for a trip to the NFC Championship game. Is it going to be any more fun on Saturday night? The Sixers have now won eight of their last ten and uh, creeping up in the playoff picture. We'll see toward first place. The Flyers, yes, Chet, the Flyers, it's January. They've won eight out of ten after winning again last night. Um, They're getting close in the wild card spot, too. And by the way, pitchers and catchers, February 16th, so much going on in the world of Philly sports. Yeah, exciting times for sure, Bill. But, you know, even though the Flyers and Sixers have been racking up lots of victories of late, it's the NFL postseason. And, you know, whenever the Eagles are in the hunt, that's always – the top priority, the thing at the top of most Philadelphia sports fans' minds. So we will have lots of birds talk in a few different segments of tonight's show, in addition to everything else. Absolutely. Absolutely. I, I, I'm pretty excited about that. Bye week is good for, uh, for, for resting, but for fans, it makes us antsy, especially after we saw what we saw this weekend. I wonder if more people are buying Pizza Hut pizzas this week. Because did you hear uh, <laughs> Coach Sirianni and his uh, staff were chewing down on some Pizza Hut stuffed crust pizzas while they were watching the Giants the other day. So that's been a, a, a focal point for a lot of radio talk shows lately. That's right. Well, hey, we've got a couple of great guests tonight. Mike Conroy will be making a return visit tonight. Uh, we're looking forward to talking to Mike. He's got a lot going on. And uh, we got a first-time visit from that Mickey Morandini. Will be joining us. Of course, Boop will be back to make divisional round weekend predictions. You know, it's weird. Even though the Eagles are favored by seven or seven and a half points, while some fans are very confident, there seems to be a lot of contingent or a big contingent of folks also who sound like they're a bit worried about the G-men coming into Philly on a Saturday night. I don't know uh, where Boop and you stand, but I guess we'll talk about it. Yeah, we will talk about it. But, uh, you know, Chad, I tell you, let, let's go ahead and talk some Eagles because uh, Mike will be joining us in a little bit. But, hey, um, I, I find this whole thing kind of interesting in the fact that the, the national media has made the Eagles into underdogs. You know, they've been pumping up Dallas. They've been pumping up uh, San Niners. Francisco. And now – you know, they're they're making it sound like the Giants are this red-hot team coming to town. They're not. I mean, a nice win. They had a nice win. Give them that. But it's not like they're playing ball like the 49ers are. No, they won, what, like three of their last eight games or something like that? They had that stinking tie against Washington at one point. So, yeah, they're not exactly lighting it up. But uh, I guess one win is enough to be considered a hot team going into uh, another playoff game. I don't think so. 
what a weekend of football, though, Bill. As you know, I was I was out Saturday evening, so I didn't get to see that amazing comeback by Doug Peterson's Jaguars. I was keeping tabs on the score, and I, I couldn't believe that they actually did it. From the highlights I watched the next morning, it seemed like, yeah, the Jags made some great adjustments at halftime, took care of the ball a whole lot better, which was a big factor. But also that the Chargers did some things to just, you know, mess things up, including Bosa taking a couple of those unsportsmanlike conduct penalties. Yeah, Bosa cost them the game. Yeah. But plain and simple, he cost them the game. And, you know, uh, well, let's go ahead and jump into that. I, I hate that you missed that game because yeah. – um, the officiating was horrible. Uh, there were, I would say, Bosa complained about holding calls, and mm-hmm. and on the one that he got the fifteen yard penalty was for the offensive tackle moving early. He did move early. Uh, mm-hmm. They didn't call it, and, and it led to Bosa losing his mind, throwing his helmet, and another fifteen, and all other stuff. But San Diego probably had at least six, and I might be being easy on them. Pass interference calls that didn't get called. And, and that kind of went on all weekend. They let a lot of mugging going on this weekend and a lot of games. And, uh, you know, you can't, you can't, my opinion, you can't change the rules in the middle of the game now. You're in the playoffs. You should be playing to the same stupid standards when it comes to hitting the quarterback that you have been all year. Well, the officiating has been subpar much of the season, and I guess that's continuing at least, so there's some consistency there. But, uh, yeah, I mean, the officiating officiating is what it is, but Bosa still can't lose his mind like that and hurt his team. And even a day or two later when he talked about it, you know, he said, yeah, you hurt his team, but basically the officials suck. So (laughs) he's going to get a nice little fine, I'm sure. Well, and he's right. He's right on both those cases. They, they, They were bad. Uh, but you know he's a pro, he, and 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 I can't give the Chargers coach a whole lot of credit for much he did in the second half. But he benched Bosa, and he had to because the guy was completely out of his mind. So now they're playing the end of the game with their best player on the bench because he because he couldn't play uh, because of his own doings, and that's you know that's a shame for San Diego. They get to go golfing, uh, you know, because their best player lost their mind, and you can't be throwing equipment. What in the world? I did get to watch the Giants and Vikings on Sunday, and uh, I picked the Giants, got that one right. I, I did pick uh, the Chargers to beat the Jags Saturday night. I thought I had that one in the bag, didn't work out. But, uh, yeah, the Giants beating the Vikings didn't surprise me. Minnesota has really, you know, been inconsistent down the stretch. Not that the Giants were world beaters or, you know, as we discussed, they're not on this great role, but they played better than Minnesota did the other day, and that's why they're there, and that's why they're the Eagles' opponent this coming weekend. Yeah, and, and it's going to be interesting to see with A.J. Brown. Um, you know, the, the Giants did a nice job with Justin Jefferson. They they tried to make the Vikings go other places. Uh, the Vikings didn't do great at it. They didn't do awful at it. But uh, Devontae Smith and Dallas Goddard are better than what the, the Vikings had, although uh, they have some good players too. But they took Jefferson out of the game a little bit, and that uh, – that certainly helped the Giants. Nice nice uh, defensive game plan by them. Yeah, so uh, it's going to be interesting. Um, I don't think it's going to be a blowout. We're, we're going to make our predictions, of course, later on. I think it could be a very, very competitive game. And it's 8-15 on a Saturday night in yeah. Philadelphia. Uh, the fans are certainly going to be into it, shall we say, Bill? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, they'll, they'll be getting warm. Uh, that's for sure prior <laughs> to the game. I, I will say this about the Giants. I think uh, – 
you know, they're definitely better with a healthy Saquon Barkley. He can do a lot of things. Yeah. And and he can break away any play. So certainly a challenge for the Eagles there. But the uh you know, I think the big thing is Daniel Jones is not going to be able to stand back there like he did against the Vikings with the Eagles front four or front six as they you know, they do their different uh, rotations. But what they, you know, I think what the Eagles have to be careful of is dumping that ball off to Barkley, running screens, running short games, and uh, making making things happen that way. Yeah, I agree. And I was going to post, uh, put up this weekend's games, and I don't have it. I just have the wild card graphics. But we know the games, and you know we're going to talk about those games with Boop later on. But boy, the Jags with Andy going up against uh, Andy Reid and Kansas City—that's going to be interesting. I don't know how many people are going to give the Jags a chance in that one, but certainly an interesting coaching battle. And then you have Buffalo and Cincinnati in the rematch of the game that wasn't completed a few weeks ago. And, of course, the Eagles game in Dallas and San Francisco, which a lot of Eagles fans will hopefully have a lot of interest in watching on Sunday, hopefully to see, you know, who the Eagles' next opponent will be. Yeah, we'll talk about this with Boop, too. But, uh, you know, uh, we all want to hate Dallas. We all want Dallas to lose. But if they can block and they can give Prescott time to stand back there and pick his guys, he could be dangerous. So, oh, yeah, absolutely. you know, it, again, that's another one, as you just mentioned with the Eagles, it's, it may not be the cakewalk that everybody's thinking about. And, you know, over with the Jaguars and, and the Chiefs, again, no one's given the Jaguars much of a chance. But here's what you, you do know. If Doug Peterson is on the sidelines, they're playing to win. Yeah. Whatever it takes, they're going to play to win. They're going to come to play. And if it means going forward and fourth and six on your side of the field, he might just do that if it's if he thinks it's going to give his team a chance. He's not going to he's not going to fold up and go away. That's for sure. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that one. I hope uh, you know Doug uh, and uh, the Jags are ready to play that one because it could be fun. It could be a lot of uh, action in that one. A lot of points put up on the board. Maybe hopefully you know Lawrence won't uh, have the turnovers that he did in the first half of last weekend's game. So I'm excited about that one. And uh, yeah, Buffalo and Cincinnati, like I said, should be another good one so it's going to be another great weekend this is often the best weekend of the uh postseason for the nfl yeah i i think it is because you get the best games um mm-hmm. but you don't necessarily get upsets i think the upsets happen in the wild card week mm-hmm. um these usually you know sorts itself out the best team wins close games so we'll, we'll see yeah. we'll see what about Jalen Hurts? we hope that yeah uh, Jalen hurts looks like he's healthy he's off the injured list off the injured list. Uh, Lane Johnson, of course, still the big concern. He's been in practice. I uh, heard some reports today that he actually looks pretty good. You know he's going to give 100% no matter what his condition is. But the fact that we're getting reports that he is moving around pretty well, that's great news for you know the Eagles, for the fans, and for Jalen Hurts too. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, you know, I, I think uh, great, great uh, interview with Jason Kelsey, which is what else is new, right? When he talked last week, he said, you know, the rest is great. The having rest is great here, but getting back to the basics, doing the little things, practicing the things that you let get away because you don't really have time during this season to adjust. That's why you'll come back and you see a much more fundamentally sound Eagles team than some of the sloppy play that I think we saw down the stretch. Yeah, it's going to be great. I'm, I'm looking forward to this weekend. I really am. 
Yeah. I, I'm really looking forward to see the, the whole receiver thing. I don't know if it's Dallas Goddard that's going to go off or if it's uh, Devontae Smith, but I think it's pretty safe to say that the Giants will come out and try to do some sort of double coverage on A.J. Brown, not let A.J. Brown be the one to beat you. But the Eagles have a lot more weapons than anybody else in this league, and uh, it's going to be fun to see what happens and who who the go-to guy is. Maybe it's several. Yeah, and you mentioned uh, Dallas Goddard. We know that Smith and A.J. Brown are going to be targets, but Goddard's been kind of quiet since coming back from the injury, so maybe this will be his you know big breakout game and reemergence. So that'll be something to watch too. And you know Miles Sanders and Boston Scott, because you know Boston Scott has always played great against the Giants, so maybe they'll get him more involved this weekend too. Yeah, well, and nothing would make me any more excited is if the the, the Nick Sirianni decides to just come out line up and punch them right in the face, you know, run the football, smack them in the mouth and just play that kind of game. I'd be thrilled with that too. I'd be okay with that for sure. All right. Uh, you want to jump in and talk Sixers for a minute while we have time? I know you're pretty excited. They're out West. They've won a couple games uh, in a row out there. Always tough sledding when you go out West and uh, your boy continues to dominate, playing great ball, and they've now won eight to ten. They've they've climbed up in the standings a little bit too. Uh, right, they're in third place now, right, and just yeah. four and a half. Uh, yeah, they they actually lost a game over the past yeah. week though. They were three and a half because Boston's on a seven game winning streak right now. Right. And the Sixers right. lost last Wednesday, the night that we did our show, before winning those three in a row. So yeah, they lost a game in the standings, but they moved up to third place. Just a half came out of second. Look at those second through fifth place teams. Just one game separating the Bucks, Sixers, Nets, and Cavaliers. Sixers, as you said, have been playing very well. Embiid has been on fire. He's uh, you know getting 35-40 every night now, it seems. Uh, Harden was playing great. He had a bit of a bad game last night. Didn't shoot well. But, you know, Maxi stepped it up and had 20 points. Tobias Harris was great. I think he had five steals in the first half. Um, and then, you know, also scored. So, they got going really well, and they got a couple of more games out west, I believe Portland and Sacramento this weekend. And then next Wednesday, they're back home against you-know-who and those Brooklyn Nets. Yeah, so yeah I, I was going to say to you uh, as I was looking at this or, or over the weekend, getting ready for the show, thinking about the show, uh, If it can turn, maybe it doesn't concern you now because they've won two in a row, but coming into this trip, just nine and nine on the road. Uh, if you throw that stat back up or that sheet back up there that you just had, yeah. uh, everybody else, you know, well, 16 and seven Boston, that's pretty good. That's 14 and nine. Uh, Sixers were nine and nine at the time. I guess I they were eight and nine because they won three in a row now. So I guess they were eight and nine. Three in a row on the road or they're all yeah. on, on the road. Yeah. So, yeah, I was going to ask you about that. If you uh, are, are concerned with the idea that they weren't playing quite as well on the road, but maybe they're straightening that out. I hope so. And, uh, you know, they'll get a, a test this weekend with those two games. But uh, it's tough to win a, a lot of games. Yeah, the Nets and Knicks look like they've been doing pretty well on the road. But even the Celtics, yeah, they're 16 and 7. So, yeah, they're playing pretty well on the road. They play um, well everywhere. Yeah, right they do. the Celtics have been playing great. Tatum is one of the, an MVP candidate. So, they're going to be tough. I think the Celtics are going to hold on to that number one seed. Um, but you know, I'm not overly worried yet about any of that because as, as we say every week, it's just about getting guys healthy and continuing to grow as a team and get ready for April, May, and June. Well, I would be thrilled if they roll into the playoffs playing good ball 
because we've seen the last well. couple of years they have not done that. They haven't been ready to play as a unit going into the playoffs. Hopefully this year they're healthy enough to do that and can go in with some momentum that will help them get through these first couple of rounds that they're going to need to get through. Yep. Now we can talk more Sixers later maybe, but let, let's talk about insurance and beer and then bring Mike on. Okay. Well, let's talk about insurance. It's winter. Uh, it's cold. You're spending more time at your couch than you are at your car. So it's time for you to start saving with Allstate's pay-as-you-go auto insurance. Yeah, Bill, Allstate's pay-as-you-go auto insurance puts you in control. You only pay for the miles you drive with the same full coverage that a traditional policy offers. Pay-per-mile insurance gives customers greater control of their insurance costs. See how much you can save with pay-per-mile car insurance by calling your local agent in Westchester, PA. That is Dave Lavoy. Call Dave at Allstate. 610-430-0700. Once again, 610-430-0700. And start to save more now that you are driving less. That's right. And speaking of driving, Chet, you've been over driving over to the Irish Rover Station House. What do they got going on? It's winter, and I know they, they always have a Valentine's Day something going on, don't they? Yeah, I'm sure they will. And uh, I may be stopping by there this weekend because I will be in that area. Lots of fun at the Irish Rover. If you don't already know what they have, Quizzo every Wednesday evening, and then they have live music on Saturday nights. This week it's Oliver Dagham. Plus, well, you like great food? Who doesn't? The Irish Rover has Killer Burger Thursdays, that Baconator with 12 pieces of bacon. Are you kidding me? Dinner <laughs> specials Thursday through Sunday. I'm thinking about that bacon right now. A $5 per item tailgate menu during all Eagles games. And as always, 24 beers on tap at the Irish Rover. There it is. And uh, soon, I promise, we will get details about how the Rover is going to celebrate its 10th anniversary at its Bellevue Avenue Langhorne location. Find out more about all of the above at the website, irishroverstationhouse.com. And, Bill, because I saw this guy this weekend, I'm going to throw him in here right now. Hey, everybody, it's Willie Nile here, and you're listening to Chet and Bill on Philly Press Box Radio. You lucky people. All right. Thanks, Willie. Hey, hey, speaking of lucky people, Chet, uh, since you saw Willie this weekend, what about the lucky fans of Philadelphia that are going to get the, a full dose or kind of a full dose of Ray Diddy? Ray is yeah. back. Ray isn't saying he's coming out of retirement, but he's kind of out of retirement now. He's, yeah. he's contributing to the, the morning show now on WIP when they shift to the morning, Joe Cameron Company. He will be part of the pregame and postgame show all through the playoffs on NBC Sports Philadelphia. Um, I believe he will be out tomorrow night, by the way, with Glenn Mack now at the Conchahawken bar that uh, Glenn is a part owner of. They got something going on there. So, uh, yeah, Ray Diddy is getting out and about and uh, making a lot of appearances in connection with this Eagles postseason run. We're, we're going to have to check with Ray and, and find, or maybe with David, David Dinger, and find out if Mrs. Dinger said, come on. Yeah, <laughs> on. I, I think she signed off on some of this, but <laughs> maybe he just like stretching it a little bit more. Who knows? Oh, shoot. All right. Well, hey, let's talk Philly. Spring training just a month away. Uh, Mike Conroy is going to join us. Mike is all over the Phillies, and uh, he's got a lot going on with the Darren Dalton Foundation as well. Mike, welcome back to Philly Press Box Radio. Oh, thanks for having me, guys. Uh, good to see you guys again. Hey, Mike. Great to see you. Um, you know what? 
we will get your views on the Eagles a little bit later on, but we mentioned the Phillies. And uh, as Bill noted earlier, it's hard to believe we are fast approaching spring training. So, Mike, after the run to the World Series a couple of months back, how excited are you about the 2023 Phillies? Oh, man, I, I cannot wait. I'm glad they paid Reese's money, which he was due. Um, they solidified that bullpen. I mean, you know, they went out and, and spent some big money, made some trades. I know Verling and, and Manton and some of those guys were fan favorites. But to see that backdoor talent that, that came in, I, you know, we got a good run going right now. What do you what do you think, Mike, about the uh, the little stat that came out that the the Phillies have what is it eighty one percent of all one hundred mile per hour left handed relievers? Yeah, <laughs> that was eighty one percent over the hundred mile mark. We got them both. We we're gonna see that, and we'll boo just like Wagner. You know, if they don't get over a hundred, and you know, hopefully they got some thick skin and they throw one hundred two in their next pitch. Right. <laughs> but. It's it's just great to see, you know, Middleton's putting his money where, where it needs to be now. He, he knows the talent's there. He knows the fans will come. And I am excited. I mean, it's fantasy camp right now, and, and most of the former players are down there, and they're just hyping it up. And, you know, pitchers and catchers, uh, you know, a few weeks away, it's just – it's. We need it to start. <laughs> you know, I got to tell you, shame on me for never having gotten down there for fantasy camp. I might have to put that on my bucket list because, you know, I see the highlights and the pictures from it every year. It looks like a great time. And I'm sure it's, you know, how can it not be fun hanging with Larry Anderson and Mickey Morandini and guys like that? Oh, without a doubt. And then Chase Utley's down there this year. He's uh, really? the skip yeah. on. So oh. he was out playing golf today with, with a lot of the guys and they were sharing some stories, but, uh, you know, I, I wish I was down there as well. Yeah. Maybe I'll have to sneak over, sneak a ride. I know here in Lakeland, uh, the Tigers have their fantasy camp going on as well. And uh, that was always big back when uh, Al-Kaline and them were here. It was always a big, big crowd as well. So uh, fantasy camp is fun. And uh, I've seen the guys out in, the, in out and about around town in, in the past and always having a good time. Absolutely. Anywhere L.A. is, it's a good time. <laughs> hey, Bill, you want a little Mickey Morandini? Well, sure. You bet. You you had a chance to talk with Mick. Uh, yes. As we talk about fantasy camp, he is at fantasy camp, so uh, we couldn't get him live, but he was kind enough to spend some time talking with you guys. And uh, tell us about it. It was a great discussion I had with Mickey the other day about all things Phillies, uh, analytics versus old school baseball, and a terrific event coming up next week that Mickey, Mike, and I will all be in attendance for. So without further ado, here is our chat with Mickey. Always fun to talk with former Phillies on our show. We've had a few from that great 1993 NL championship team in the past, including Tommy Green and Kevin Stocker. And now we welcome another fan favorite to the show. But hey, you know what? Instead of me introducing him, let's have a true professional do it. Now batting for the Phillies, number 12, second baseman, Mickey Morandini. All right, much better. Always good to have Dan Baker do the introduction. How you doing, Mickey? I'm doing great. Doing great. Ready for this upcoming baseball season. Should be a good one. Well, yeah, let's talk about that. We'll talk about the fundraiser event coming up uh, later this month, later in the interview. That would be in Norristown. Pitchers, pints, and players. But we're going to talk a little Phillies baseball first. First of all, how much fun was it from your perspective as a former player watching what the 2022 Phillies did in the second half of the season, taking it right into red October and even November? 
Yeah, it uh, definitely brought back some uh, memories from when I played in 93. Just uh, the atmosphere of the city, going to the ballpark. You know, for us, it was 55,000 screaming fans at Fed Stadium. So uh, I was fortunate enough to be able to go to most of the home games, and the place was just electric. And uh, I think we all know that. How the fans were kind of yearning for a team to get into the playoffs. It had been, you know, a long time since 2011. So uh, it was super exciting. The way they were winning ball games late, hitting home runs. Uh, it was definitely a lot of fun. Of course, since the season ended, a couple of wins shy of where the Phillies and us fans would have liked to have seen them go. Dave Dombrowski and company have really made some huge moves. Among other things, of course, you know, they signed the free agent shortstop, Trey Turner. How good is Turner and how is he going to fit in with this Phillies team? I think, one, he's really, really good, um, and he brings a lot to the table for this team. You know, a possible leadoff hitter. Obviously, he brings a guy that can steal 40 or 50 bases, a uh, very good defensive shortstop, and just an all-around good guy. Uh, he'll be great for that clubhouse. But uh, just a guy we needed, especially now with Bryce being out for a couple of months while he's had the surgery, recovering from that, It'll be nice to get another bat in the lineup and someone that can help carry the team until Bryce gets back. They also added starting pitcher Taiwan Walker, the former New York Met, and really beefed up the bullpen as well with three good additions to join Sir Anthony Dominguez and Jose Alvarado. Um, they got veteran right-hander Craig Kimbrell and lefties Matt Strom and Gregory Soto. They got some relievers who can really bring the heat. Yeah, the, the, they really did a nice job of uh, securing that bullpen. Uh, a lot of guys that can throw the ball hard. And that seems to be the theme nowadays um, in the big leagues is uh, you want your bullpen to be able to, you know, get a lot of strikeouts, miss bats, things like that. And they have five guys down there that definitely do that. Um, hopefully we can get a good version of Kimbrell. Uh, he's, you know, he struggled a little bit the last couple of years. But if we can get a version of him that, that has been in the past, uh, this bullpen can be very, very dominating. Yeah, um, the Phillies went from having a historically bad pen a couple of years ago to maybe having one of the best, so we shall see. Hope it works out. Uh, Mickey, I heard you say in an interview a couple of years ago, well, two things. You're not a fan of how prevalent analytics is in baseball today, and you miss the days of small ball, you know, moving guys over with sacrifice, bunts, et cetera. Do you still feel that way? <laughs> I do. I do. I, I just, you know, and I'm an old school guy and you're going to find all the old school guys don't like are big on, you know, they're not big on analytics and all the new school guys are. And, and I get it. And I think analytics has a, a place in the game because there is a lot of valuable information that, that we get from analytics. I just sometimes think it's way too much information and at times it can be confusing for the players. But I'm just an old school guy that like for me, baseball is moving runners, stealing bases, suicide squeezes. You know, I miss the, the players taking a guy out at second base to save a double play or, the you know, the, the collision at home plate. And I know what they're doing. I know they're trying to keep these players safe, and I get that. But that was baseball to me, and I kind of miss those days. I think that's what made baseball really exciting with those types of plays. And we just don't see enough of it now. Yeah. Well, you didn't play with these guys, but Jimmy Rollins is on the Hall of Fame ballot now for a second year. And Chase Utley is going to be on the ballot next year. Of course, key guys from that 2006 through 11 Philly squad that, you know, was, was so great. 2008 World Series championship, of course. Do either of those guys have any real shot at getting to Cooperstown? And which one is more deserving? I think Jimmy's got a better shot. Just the longevity. Um, you know, Chase had some really, really good years, but some injuries played a role in that. I think Jimmy, you stack his numbers up with any other of the shortstops that are already in. I mean, he's right there. So I think Jimmy's got a pretty good chance to get in. I'm not so sure about Chase. 
Uh, Mickey, last year, two guys integral to that 1993 Phillies team left us, the architect of the team, GM Lee Thomas, and setup man David West, who was just terrific in the seventh and eighth innings in the 93. Any particular memories of those two guys? Oh, absolutely. I mean, David was really key for us that year. He led us in appearances, um, was that lefty we needed coming out of the bullpen to close down some innings. He did a fabulous job and just an all-around great guy. And he had the same that we're going to talk about, I think, in a, in a few minutes here, the same brain cancer that Darren Dalton had. So, yeah. um, And we've had several Phillies that have had this cancer, so there's some questions there about why all these Phillies are getting this type of brain cancer. But And then Lee Thomas, just a, a great GM. Um, and I think what he really did in 93 was he had the opportunity to go out and get a couple of really big free agent names, but he kind of backed off of that. And he went out and just got good, solid baseball players, Inky and, you know, Milt Thompson and Eisenreich and Danny Jackson and those types of players. They weren't superstars, but they were very solid veteran players. And uh, we did that platoon system in 93 and left field, right field, and second base, and it worked. And Lee Thomas really constructed that team very, very well. Hey, you were with the Cubs in 1998. You had a terrific season yourself, probably your best season statistically. Mm -hmm. And you were a teammate of that Sammy Sosa fellow who was going neck and neck all year with Mark McGuire. And I believe the Cubs were playing McGuire's Cardinals when he broke the home run record. What was that season like from your perspective, you know, being eyewitness to that epic home run battle? Yeah, it was a, it was a really fun season. It was my first year in Chicago, and uh, in a way, I had to replace a legend there in Ryan Sandberg. He had retired yeah. the year before, and that's why they needed a second baseman there. I got traded for Dougie Glanville, who came to Phillies and and really put together some really good years too. So the trade really worked out for both teams. But just an incredible year. I remember Sammy hitting twenty home runs in June, and then we get to mid to late August, and you know they're they're up there in the forties and home runs, and they just started going off back and forth. And I remember they used to have scoreboards and all the way um, scoreboards that we would go to and you'd see the Maguire Sosa home run battle up on the scoreboards and you'd see Maguire hit one and take a home run lead. And then Sammy would hit one in that game. And they just kind of went back and forth and it was really, really fun and exciting kind of brought baseball back because the strike had really soured a lot of people in 94. Mm-hmm. And then uh, fans really didn't start coming back till this home run battle took place. And then, you know, McGuire kind of took off the last week and ended up winning the, the home run crown that year and breaking the record. But uh, it was a lot of fun. And it was fun for me because I got the hit in front of Sammy and a lot of pitchers did not want to face Sammy, um, you know. So I saw a lot of fastballs, a lot of good pitches, and I really attributed that to uh, why I had such a good year that year. Hey, we heard Dan Baker introduce you at the top of the show. Just wondering, do you enjoy saying your own name as much as guys like Dan Baker and Harry Callis did? <laughs> I'd rather have someone else say it like Harry and, and Dan said it. I'm not very good at it, but, you know, it's just one of those names. It's got a lot of syllables, and it just it just flowed very well coming out of Harry and Dan's mouth. But, you know, those guys kind of put me on the map because the way they said my name, I, I got a lot of fans from that. And, and I, uh, when I go out in the city now, I'm the Phillies team ambassador, so I do a lot of appearances and things like that. And when I go out in the city, I get people come up to me and they try and say that name like Dan and Harry used to say it. So it's a lot of fun for me. 
you were out at the uh, Delco event that I met you at last summer over Dolan's Pub. That was a great time. All right, we have another terrific event coming up later this month that we want to talk about. It is a benefit for the Darren Dalton Foundation, and it is at Von C. Brewing in Norristown. It's called Pitchers, Pints, and Players. It's Friday the 27th, starting at 7 p.m., and I know it's going to be a great event. Before we talk about the event itself, we always hear about how great a leader Dutch was. How so? Yeah, he was. He was a good – he was a father figure to me because he had been in the big leagues for six or seven years before I got caught up. And he really taught me a lot about the game, you know, how to deal with the media here in Philadelphia, how to play hurt, how to do all these different types of things as a teammate. And uh, he not only cared about winning. I mean, he was very passionate about winning, but he cared about his teammates. And, you know, when you went out there and, and did something uh, you weren't supposed to do on the field, he would bring you aside and talk to you and tell you what you did wrong and how to fix it and things like that. And he was just an unbelievable team leader. And I remember Jim Fergosi was the manager of the team. He really didn't have to take charge of this team because Darren Dalton would kind of nip everything in the butt before it came an issue. Um, so that was uh, – uh, I will state to this day that he is the best team leader I've ever been involved with since I've been playing the game of baseball or following it. So the event on the 27th, Pitchers, Pints, and Players. First, I'm excited about it because I'm a craft beer fan, and I've heard great things about Von C. in Norristown. But secondly, the event itself, I know it's going to be terrific. Phillies director of Fun and Games, John Brazer, will emcee the event with some help from Tom Burgoyne, who happens to be a close personal friend of the Philly fanatic. And some Phillies alumni will be there as well. I know you're going to be there. Do you know who else might show up? Yeah, I got... Some, some names in front of me. Ruben's going to be there, Don Carmen, Steve Gell, Sticky Knowles, Ricky Batalico, uh, Mike Mamula is going to pop in and say hi. So, yeah, we're going to have like a question and answer with the crowd. We're going to be a lot of good beers to drink, a lot of great food there. And it's just another way of us to try and raise some money for the Dalton Foundation because we're doing a great job of helping people, families deal with brain cancer. And, you know, we have this outing and we've done a uh, – an outing at live where we've had uh, guest bartending and things like that. We have a huge golf tournament uh, in the fall. So we've been able to raise a lot of money and, and help out a lot of people that need it. And there'll be live music courtesy of the Philly based alternative rock band Bonehead featuring frontman Jay Mannon. For tickets for this event, the Darren Dalton event, it's called Pitchers, Pints, and Players. Go to the website, darrendaltonfoundation.org. And Mickey, before we wrap up, I got to ask you one thing, one very important thing. You grew up a little northeast of Pittsburgh, and I know you were always a big Steelers fan, but now that you've been in the Philly area for quite a while, have you come over to the side of the playoff-bound Eagles yet? <laughs> well, that's a tough question to answer. I'm, a, no, I'm still a Steelers fan. I that's mean, okay. I grew up in the 70s. I mean, I was in my you know, 12, 13, 14 years old in the 70s. And um, that's when they were winning those four Super Bowls in the 70s. So I will always be a Steelers fan. But being that they're in another conference, I think it's okay for me to be an Eagles fan too. So absolutely, I, I, I root for the Eagles. I've, had, I've thoroughly enjoyed watching Hurts play this year. I think he's going to be an incredible quarterback. He made great strides this year. You know, it's a fun team to watch. It was unfortunate he got hurt there a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. Uh, he, I really think he was going to get that MVP. I'm not so sure now because he's missed some games. But I'm definitely pulling for the Eagles and hope they can uh, bring home another championship to this city because uh, we know how these uh, fans here in Philadelphia rally around their sports teams. I perfectly understand. I will let you slide on that one. Hope to see you on the 27th at the Darren Dalton Foundation event. It's at Von C. in Norristown. Mickey Moore and Dini, thanks so much. Thanks for having me on. I appreciate it.
Oh, some good stuff right there, fellas. Mickey is awesome. He did a great job promoting the event. And by the way, in honor of the event at Von C, I am tonight drinking a Von C OG Pills Philly Lager. All right. So, Mike, let, let's jump into this with you because you're going to be there. You're part of that Darren Dalton Foundation, um, board of directors, I believe. Uh, tell tell me a little more about how that actually works. I mean, is it just a, a sit down at the bar, everybody comes, and you just raise money and drink beer and have fun? So it's it's more or less the players are going to mingle with you guys, take photos, you know, ask them stories. You can talk to Ricky Bow and he'll tell you how he struck out, you know, Barry Bonds and his numbers against the elite. Um, it, but it's great. You just get to know them on a personal level and everything's kind of laid back and relaxed atmosphere. They're going to be doing a brewing tour. Um, you know, Chet will probably be all over that knowing that he's uh, you know, <laughs> a brewmaster. Um, but again, you just talk shop, you know, find out what the 22, they have a little bit more insight because they're around the players more. Just get to know them on a personal level. And, you know, this will be the same as the way they do the guest bartending, which is just round robin of just walking around talking shop and just having a good time now is there is there a cover charge for that or or how does that work so it's going to be a closed door so you do need a ticket to get in so i would suggest um it is limited ticketing so go to darren dalton foundation.org um, and purchase your tickets i believe it's 55 and 65 depending if you want food or not um but again all proceeds go towards the darren dalton foundation and helping families in need so it, it's I a great event. ordered my ticket. I ordered my ticket this morning and the they were 50 and 65. The 65, which included food, already sold out according to the website. So uh I went with one of the fifty dollars. I think there's like a two dollar service fee charge, which is a whole lot better than what you get from Ticketmaster. Mike, when Chet gets there, you're gonna have to frisk him for the McDonald's hamburgers he's gonna have stuck in his pockets. <laughs> yeah, he'll have he's the chicken nuggets in his it. pockets. <laughs> Can I tell you something? Just because you mentioned that, <laughs> McDonald's this week is celebrating the 40th anniversary of the launch of the chicken. McNugget. There you go. That. Uh, how, today, did you happen, how did you happen to have that on, on our screen? <laughs> because I saw out, the yeah. story today that we are celebrating today. <laughs> so on my way home tonight with the McDonald's app, I'm going to get a free six piece chicken McNuggets in honor of the 40th anniversary of the McNuggets. Oh, <laughs> you know, awesome. Mike, sometimes he just pulls things out that just make me shake my head. Bill, I couldn't align that up anymore for Chen. Right? I had no, no idea. Not planned. <laughs> not planned. People, people think we organize this. We don't. No, we are not. No, it's on the fly. Absolutely. Oh, good stuff. All right. Well, hey, Mike, before we go, tell us again. Uh, Chet, you can throw that up on the screen. Date, time, what all is going to happen? Yeah, so we're 7 to 10 on January 27th at Von C out in Norristown. As Chet said, you can only buy $50 tickets at this point in time. All proceeds are going to the Darren Dalton Foundation and – you know, if you do show up, please come over and say hi. It's going to be a great event and, and great celebrities there to kind of talk shop and, and get to know on a personal basis. All right. Mike, Four. I will not be there till about 730, so make sure they have plenty of beer left for me. I'll try my best, Chet. <laughs> hey, Mike, uh, before we let you go, four winners for this weekend? Yeah, I'm going to go obviously to Eagles, but I don't think they're going to cover the seven and a hook. I think it's going to be a five or six-point game. I think Kansas City absolutely slaughters uh, Jacksonville. I'm, I'm sorry for Doug, but yeah. I think his boat has sailed. Uh, I think Buffalo uh, puts up seven against uh, 
the Bengals there. I think they move on. And my upset, I believe Dallas beat San Francisco on a last second field goal. Whoa. And that's oh, irony because the guy missed five straight <laughs> Yeah. So it's Still all about the, the script. That's right. That's right. Well, Mike, we appreciate it as always coming by. We'll stay in touch and uh, have a great uh, Darren Dalton Foundation event. Should be a lot of fun. Thank you very much, gentlemen. Be well. All right. See you next too. week, Mike. Have a good one, guys. Yep. Bye. All right, Chet, let's give a shout-out to all the shows over at the Edge of Philly Sports Network this week. Wall-to-wall coverage, as always. Catch all the action at www.eopsports. <laughs> Get that.com. As well as Edge of Philly Sports on YouTube. You can find our show on Philly Press Box Radio YouTube as well. Please hit those subscribe, follow, and like buttons. And as always, share with your family and friends. As you can see, Load it up. Hey, before we forget, uh, something very important this weekend, Bill. Eagles game day live at Kelly's Corner Bar. That over That's over in Leicester, Pennsylvania. Edge of Philly Sports will be there. Big Al, Joey Sheeran, uh, Patrick, a couple of the other guys. They will be live at 400 Powhatan Avenue in Leicester. Again, it is Kelly's Corner Bar. Come join the EOP gang for live pre- and post-game fun. I believe they're starting things up at 7 p.m., Kelly's Corner Bar, great drink specials and delicious food. And, of course, the Eagles and Giants on the TVs there Saturday night. Yeah, and and for those that aren't familiar with Leicester, it's just south of the airport. It's very close to where you were at Dolan's, uh, Chad. It's just on the other side of uh, 95. So okay. it's not, not too far out of the way and uh, in beautiful downtown Delco. Check there out Leicester PA, Kelly's Corner Pub. Should be a lot of Head fun. Head on out. Hey, Chet, uh, before we get to Boop, uh, Philly sports trips have anything going on? Philly sports trips, you know, funny you ask, Bill, because they do have a lot going on. Because as you may know, we have a Super Bowl coming up, and hopefully the Eagles will be involved in that. And uh, if that's the case, a lot of people are going to be interested in the fact that Philly sports trips is booking trips to Arizona. They are right now taking 100% fully refundable deposits for trips it's going to be difficult to get to arizona but philly sports trips wants to reward the fans that commit early by guaranteeing them a seat on their private charter flight and a room at the hotel if you choose that package a deposit of 499 dollars is required it reserves your spot if our eagles make it to super bowl 57 get all the details on the website you uh, can cancel before january 30th at 5 p.m by then of course you'll know if the eagles are going or not Again, all the details on phillysportstrips.com. Now, regarding the home games at the link, the first of which would be, of course, this Saturday evening, Sherry's Ticket Town has you covered for those. Yeah, the game's sold out, but sherrystickets.com has tickets and no hidden fees. The price you see is the price you pay. Pay less and play more with sherrystickets.com save even more by using the exclusive promo code eop10 for edge of philly sports eop10 so don't pay hidden fees save 10 percent. why use any other ticket reseller and get those hard to come by tickets for the big games of course sherrystickets.com also has hard to get theater and concert tickets remember use the promo code eop10 the website sherrystickets.com yeah, and just one comment on that, Chet. Uh, when you look up your tickets on Sherry's Tickets, yeah, don't go by the ticket price. Uh, go by the final price. Because while maybe you might get something at StubHub, say, $5 cheaper, 
by the time you get to the to your cart to the end, you're paying twenty five dollars <laughs> more because of the fees that the other people put on the Sherry's tickets does not. So check that out. Speaking of such things, I bought tickets for Billy Joel and Stevie Nicks together. Couldn't get them in Philly because I got, uh, you know, I didn't get in in time, but I got them for Baltimore. They just announced the Baltimore show. So tickets are on sale and pre-sale this week. They hit uh, the full public on Friday. But the tickets through Ticketmaster, $99.50. But with all the surcharges, $138 and change. So almost a 38 to 40% increase in service fees through our friends at Ticketmaster. Exactly my point to service <laughs> yeah. tickets. Keep an there eye on that. Maybe, maybe that ticket would have been 110. Yeah. Because yeah. they don't put the fees on. So Damn anyway, you, Ticketmaster. Yeah, well, that's a story for another day. Hey, let's <laughs> welcome our man from Boopstats, Bob Patron Jr. Look at him. He's got his playoff beard going again. Let's <laughs> buy Splits Bar and Grill. Boop, we're going to make some more predictions this week. Okay, if you say so. All right. Yeah. Good, Boop. Good bits before we get started from last week into this week's games. Uh, you want to talk about the, how we did? Oh, the cheerleaders are out. <laughs> all right, put all the cheerleaders up. Go ahead. Yay, there Boop. There you Boop. go. Shut up. Wait till yeah, they hear what his record was last week. I know. Boop did have a super weekend. We all lost on Brady's Bucks, but otherwise, Boop was terrific. Five and one for the weekend. Bill, you and I were both four and two. You, Bill, lost with the Vikings. I took an L thanks to that Chargers collapse against the Jags. So the standings now heading into the NFL's divisional round has me still in the top spot at 52 and 30. Bill, you're just still one game back at 51 and 31. Boop, I guess, has been eliminated. Technically, he could still tie if we had all different picks and he got all seven right and we got it wrong. But you're still in there fighting, Boop. Seven games back at 45. Mathematically eliminated, huh? <laughs> I wasted <Yeah>. time. <laughs> <laughs> well, hey, we're picking all four games uh, this weekend. Uh, this should be fun. Clock is mm -hmm. ticking, though. There's just seven games left. As we said, Boop is mathematically eliminated. And I need to somehow pull off one one win or two wins to pass this other clown or Chet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right, let's get going. AFC games first. We'll do Saturday. Jacksonville travels to Kansas City. The Chiefs are minus eight and a half. Boop, any questions since you're already in your game gear? Yeah, no. Uh <laughs> I read today that Trevor Lawrence has not lost a high school, college, or pro game on a Saturday. I'm going to have ever. Amazing. So I think Boop likes the Chiefs. Oh, yeah, he froze he's, there, I'm, Boop. Okay. okay. Yeah, I'm also taking the Chiefs. I think they're going to cover the eight and a half. In fact, the Chiefs haven't always covered this uh, year, but I like the Chiefs big in this one. I think the Jaguars, you know, had a great game last weekend, second half anyway, but it's all Chiefs this weekend. I'm going to go Chiefs, but I'm not going all big. Okay. Uh, I don't think there's going to be a lot of big games this week. I think they're all going to be tight. I'm going to go Chiefs to win, though. So that gets us to Sunday. Uh, Cincinnati visits Buffalo in a do-over of the one that wasn't done. Uh, yeah. Have we seen this one before? Bills are minus four and a half. Yeah, I got myself a little bit of a case of the Bengal fever. Um, I Maybe from watching them beat the Chiefs three times in 2022. So I'm going to go Cincinnati here. Well, Boop, great minds do think alike, as you can see right there. I'm also <laughs> taking Cincinnati. 
Cincinnati for the win. Are you kidding me? No, I'm serious. That was, my, the, that was my game. This was the game I was making up because I'm taking Cincinnati too. Oh, my God. Wow. Uh, well, I'll tell you what. I, I'm going to take Buffalo. <laughs> I got to make up a game. I got to make up a game somewhere. So I'm going Buffalo. Okay. Hey, if you lose by one game or lose by two, it don't matter. I got to get to zero. All right. All right. That gets us to NFC Sunday. Dallas visits San Francisco. The 49ers minus four. So this might be a pretty good game. Yeah, I kind of was toying with it as I was watching the Cowboys pull away uh, the other night of that going with San Francisco. But Purdy's second half was so good on Saturday after he looked like the bright lights might be getting to him. I'm going to stick with San Francisco at this game. I really struggled with this one as well. And I went back and forth. But ultimately, I think, you know, the Cowboys played pretty well this past week. I don't think they're going to do it again. I'm taking the 49ers to win also. Yeah, I think the wild card in this game are both quarterbacks, obviously. I think if, if Purdy can withstand what Dan Quinn is going to throw at him that he's never seen before, that's key. And then the pressure that, that the 49ers are going to put on Dak Prescott, that's a key, whether he can play through the pressure. He didn't have any pressure the other night, and he looked like, you know, the second coming. That's not how he plays when he's under duress. So we'll see how that goes. But I'm, I'm going to stick with San Francisco uh at home mainly all right all right that gets us to saturday night the giants visit lincoln financial field a night game for the birds eagles are minus seven and a half yeah apparently yeah giants used a passing game a little more than i thought on saturday through for 289 yards Eagles having the left more than 236 in passing yards in any of their home games only twice as a team even reached 200 so they're not going to win that way. And unless Barkley runs for 300 yards, there's no way they're going to win this game Saturday night. All right. I just want to see what uh, Boop's name tag says. Boop phone from basement. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I'm also taking the <laughs> Eagles. I think they win and cover. If you want to score, I'm taking the Birds 30 to 20 Saturday night. Well, I'm, I'm taking the Eagles. I'm not sure I'm, I like the, the spread. I'm uh, I'm thinking it could be a little bit closer than this, but uh, I'm not believing in Daniel Jones. I'm not believing that the Giants are a hot football team, uh, but I do believe the Giants are better when Saquon Barkley's on the field. And like you say, Boop, I don't know if it's 300 yards, but uh, if they could get him the ball in space somehow, whether it's running, screens, whatever, he could be a little bit dangerous for them. Eagles have, won nine, Eagles have won nine straight at home against the Giants. It ain't going to end here. Yeah, and yeah. Eli Manning will be at the game. So, <laughs> Boop, what are the odds that Eli gets uh, gets a double double bird? I don't know. <laughs> Maybe they're going to be singing. They're going to open. He's going to walk out to Eli's coming from Three Dog Night. <laughs> <laughs> oh, all right, Boop. Any more uh, weekly splits, bar grill tidbits for the division round weekend? Things uh, you probably already know. The Eagles have never lost a home divisional round game or history. Uh, they won in 1980, 81, 80 season, 1981, and four times in 2000s, uh, 5-0. Um, four of those, all those 2000 divisional home games were, in fact, came in under, if you're thinking on that way. Um, and looking back at this bad wild card weekend, I had quite a few uh, bets with Fable where they uh, allowed you to do certain things that are going to happen all weekend. Every wild card team scored two touchdowns this weekend. Uh, that hasn't happened in a wild card round, which used to be four rounds. 
since 2009. Uh, let's just say the bar got tipped very well that evening. Um, and uh, all five of the six games this past weekend were over. The only under by a half a point was Tampa Bay Dallas. And if you shopped around, you might have gotten an over on that also. Um, you know, so it's down and yeah, I think I can make up, you know, seven games, eight games in seven days. I mean, that's, you know, that's doable. I can do the math. There you go. Hey, Boop, I want to ask you one question. We talked about this early on before you were with us. Uh, what do you think about the weekend's officiating? <laughs> you know, I, 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 I like, I don't, let me get this right. I like that the communication between the league and the officials is ongoing, but it gets to the point where it's like, we know what the Thursday's meetings were about on the games when they start calling the illegal man downfield or, you know, uh, you know, certain things you start picking up early. You can tell what they talked about um, during the week as far as, you know, um, you know, what they want them to, to specify at. There's got to be a better way to do that smoothly across the board. Um, maybe make all those decisions in the offseason and not harp on them so much in the in the um, the week of the games. You know, and again, this is all a matter of all the replays coming back and you get every little step to see where the toe is in. If this guy was holding or, you know, whatever. As my father used to say, football did pretty good for 75 years without any replays at all. So, you know, you get what you, you, you ought with you. sow with you, what you grow or sow with you rot or something. Reap what you sow. Yeah, exactly. Thank you. That's it. <laughs> there, there you go. All right. Well, hey, Boop, uh, we appreciate you coming by. As always, we'll do it again next week. Uh, we're getting down to the end, my friend. Yes, we are. Eagles Chiefs? After this, right? What's that? I get a couple weeks off when we're finally done football. That's right. Yeah, yeah. That's right. Yeah. All right, Boop, we'll talk to you. Thanks, my friend. Thank you, gentlemen. All right. See you, Hey, Chet, great guest tonight. Mike Conroy, Mickey Morandini, Bob Vitrone Jr. Who's coming to Philly Press Box Radio next week? This is not confirmed as yet, but if all goes well, we will have Paul Domowicz joining Uh-oh. us because we hope to be talking about an Eagles NFC Conference Championship matchup with somebody, either the Cowboys or 49ers, a week from this Sunday. Uh, again, not yet locked in stone, but hopefully Domo will be available for us because we love talking to him. Paul Domowicz from the 33rd team. Awesome. Good deal. Hey, we're going to throw this in here because it is January, Chet. Flyers playing good um, until they ran into Boston, the best team in the East, on uh, Monday. Beat them 6 nothing, but then they turned around, bounced back, won against the not-as-good Anaheim team last night. They won 8 out of the last 10. Um, hey, they going to make the playoffs. Oh, man. Um, look, they're playing better for sure. They've won eight of ten. There's still only there's still five points back of that final wild card spot. I believe the Penguins are holding that right now. But I just don't see them continuing this. I mean, it would be nice if they had some of the injured guys back. Uh, they got to figure out what's happening with the goalie situation. Sam Erson still undefeated goal despite that awful first game. Well, there, there's not lost. a goalie situation. Yeah, I know they're they're splitting the time. Um, Kevin Hayes with his first hat trick um, last night. 
Uh, by the way, I'm going to stand by my claim, Bill, that 1919 and 7 is not 500. Yes, they have exactly 45 points in 45 games. To you, that means 500. To me, they've lost 26 out of the 45 games they've played. How do you think they felt after those seven OTLs that they suffered? They well, didn't you know, great, I, I would expect <laughs> that from you being a half glass half full guy. <laughs> or, or glass half empty guy versus a glass My half can full. My half empty right now. Yeah, you know, <laughs> us glass half full guys, we see 19 and 19. That's all we care about. <laughs> so you can look at it any way you want to look at it. But, uh, hey, 19-19. If they were losses, they've been in the loss column. I do hope it is OTL loss, okay? Uh, so you anyway. get a point for it. So it's a tie. Okay, yeah, enough about that. I hope they continue winning. I really do. I would love to see them surprise all of us and sneak into the playoffs. That would be cool. So, uh, go Flyers. Hey, I will say one other thing. Travis Konechny, who is just on absolutely on fire, he is on pace for close to a 90-point season. If he can continue doing what he's doing, I mean, that's unheard of. This guy's a 50-point guy. Yeah, he's uh, you know, well. 40, 50 point guy, and he's he's going to be in the 80s and 90s. Uh, what what a year so far. Hopefully, he could stay hot. And uh, Kevin Hayes, as you said, his first ever career hot trick, so that was pretty yeah. cool, too. Okay. All right, All right. let's razz, yeah, let's take a quick break and thank our friends at the PPCC 118 Raz Room. They post great sports memorabilia on all on their Facebook page. So people can take a chance of winning something they may not be able to afford or have access to. All items come with certificates of authenticity. They continue to run out great autograph memorabilia from all the Philly teams and more. Check out their Facebook page. Like it or follow it. It's PPCC 118 Room. That's right. PPCC 118 Room on Facebook. We have a parting shot tonight. Any final tidbit? You know, it was right here that I was going to talk about those McNuggets, but I already did that. <laughs> now I'm just looking forward to making a stop at Mickey D's on the way home and grabbing those free McNuggets. Um, I will mention again that uh, there are some tickets available for the event, the Dalton Fundraiser event, a week from Friday at Von C. Brewing in uh, Norristown, which I've never been to. Hopefully, hopefully it's going to be all that I've heard it is, which is a wonderful place. And what else? Um I have a rest in rest in peace, Chris Ford. Yeah, how about that? Former Villanova Wildcat. Yeah, yeah. Sixers coach briefly. Yep, Atlantic City. Uh, went to school in Atlantic City. Grew up in Atlantic City. Played played all around town. Yeah, we didn't get to talk about it, but w- quickly, what did you think about the Phillies and Reese Hoskins with their twelve million dollar deal? Well, you know, I I figured it was probably going to happen. I'm, I'm not sure. I'm not sure what they would do if it didn't happen really at yeah. this point. I'm not, I'm not sure uh, where they're going to go from there. Uh, we'll see. Hey, he is what he is. He's a streaky hitter. Sometimes he's great. Sometimes he's not so great. He's never going to win a gold glove. We don't think, but uh, Hey, I like the guy. He's a likable guy. And I think he's a very good teammate. So let's hope he has a great year. Well, and I, and I think to, for Dave Dombrowski and what you were talking about with Mickey about the bullpen, you know, they're going all in. Yeah, they, they they're really pushing are. all their chips in, the, you know, win now and with what they've gotten. Uh, hey, why not go with uh, Hoskins is a, by all words a, is a great clubhouse guy. Yeah. And, uh, you know, you're going to need that. Wrap it up, Bill. All right. Let's thank tonight's special guest, Mike Conroy, Mickey Morandini, Bob Patron Jr., our sponsors, the Irish Rover Station House. 
Bob Sullivan's Lake Curage.com, PPCC 118 Raz Room, and Dave LeBoy of Allstate Insurance in Westchester, PA. For Jim Chancesco, this is Bill Furman. We hope you enjoyed the show. We'll join Philly Press Box Radio next Wednesday, January 25th at 7 p.m. You can see us live on Facebook. Listen through our website, phillypressboxradio.com, on blogtalkradio.com slash phillypressboxradio, on Google Podcasts, as well as Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, and all the others. High hopes, Philadelphia sports fans, go! Happy trail to you,